Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is uh, Muriwa Gavaza, and for today, we are continuing a conversation that we've had, um, you know, on this platform a number of times, and that's um, around the issue of, uh, you know, cybersecurity, um, cyber crimes, and all that. But for today, we want to uh, take it forward uh, to look at the fraud aspect to say that a lot of the time we talk about you know the ways in which um, cyber criminals and hackers are able to get into our systems uh, but the conversation we want to have today is just around you know what happens you know on the other side of that and one of the things uh, that seems to be happening is that a lot of people end up being defrauded um, you know of uh, of of their money uh, because of what's going on online and uh, yeah so we're just going to be talking about that um, you know what's actually happening and then secondly, if you do discover uh, that you have been defrauded in one way or another, um, you know, what type of recourse, you know, do you have or what type of steps should you be taking to actually either recover what's been uh, what's been missing or to at least mitigate uh, something like that from happening again um, in the future. And to help us uh, to um, unpack all of this, we are joined by Christo uh, Sneeman, who is uh, the National Director. Director of uh, Mazar's Forensic Services and also Vice Presidents for the um, International Association of Financial Crime Investigators, um, uh, Western Cape Chapter, and uh, just talking about you know what's going on on that side. Uh, Crystal, greetings to you today. Greetings and thank you very much for inviting me to to have a chat with you. Now, thank you so much for being with us. Now, um, usually we like to get a sense uh, of the organizations that we're dealing with, but uh, we know that, uh, you know, Mazars is uh, is more uh, on the side of accounting, etc. But uh, I understand that, you know, you're helping to lead the effort um, on the, you know, anti-fraud side, you know. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit about Mazars' interest in this particular area. Yes, well, let me just give you a bit of background. So, so I'm a director for Mazars and um, in the Forensic Services Division. So uh, we've got an office in Cape Town and in Johannesburg. And our clients that we focus on is, is in uh, um, public and private sector. And um, so, and it reaches, you know, all spheres of investigations, um, cyber investigations, as, 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 as you mentioned, you know, employee fraud related matters, um, you know, public sector matters where we'll, we'll be dealing with procurement fraud um, and the regu regulatory sector as well. Um, so, you, you know, ranging from the fraud and thefts of 500,000 going up to, you know, millions, um, those type of investigations that we deal with. So obviously what we would do is, as a team for Mazars, you know, we would be engaged by a client and then we would do the forensic investigation. We would gather all the evidence we will compile a report, we will conduct interviews, and, and as soon as that is done, we will then submit this to the, our client. And if it is necessary for the matter to be reported, and just bear in mind that in terms of the prevention of corrupt activities and, and uh, corrupt activities and combating act, it is important that all matters above 100,000 rand must be reported to the police. So that's the PRECA Act that I mentioned. And then that's basically if, we, if it's required for us to go and and um, 
if it's if it, if it is required for us to go and give evidence at court, then we are called as an expert witness and we uh, uh, give evidence on on the matter. And obviously, you know, for for us, what is important for us at Mazars is that we want to get the necessary results for our clients. Um, you know, most of the times you are grudge purchase. You know, people if they discovered fraud, they've lost money. Now they must now get somebody to um, to pay for that. <laughs> so we want to make sure that we get the results for clients, and that's important for us to get the, the person that we investigated to uh, uh, um, make sure that we there's sufficient evidence for the disciplinary hearing, the person to be properly dismissed and suspended, and obviously the person to be convicted. Um, it, it has been, we, we've had a couple of cases in court now, and it has been challenging for us due to COVID, and the suspects take chances then. They cannot attend because they've they've got they've had COVID, and then um, you, you arrive at court, and then the, the prosecutor and the court has an issue with COVID, and then the the suspect says no, and the child has been in contact with somebody has got COVID, so the matters get postponed. But I must lift my hat for some, and I deal very often with the prosecutors here in Belleville Court, and you know I lift my hat for the guys; they are doing a tremendous job under extremely difficult circumstances so i think uh, you know sorry to uh, you know just interject there quickly uh but i like where you're going with this because i think it's 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 one of those questions that we we never really um you know ask you know because we're always hearing about email fraud we're always hearing about you know ransomware and all of that stuff but we never really talk about the other side which is the law enforcement side and also the prosecution side you know because we understand that crime is a big issue in south africa and you, you, the police is inundated with you know the violent physical crimes the theft all of that stuff that we see in the physical world but in the online realm um maybe you could give us just some insight into how seriously you know those types of uh, you know fraud that's being perpetrated online is it being given the attention or is it being uh, prosecuted at the rates uh, that we see um you know uh, I'm gonna call them physical crimes, you know, uh, you know, being being done at, or is it still an area that uh, lawmakers and law enforcement are still trying to wrap their heads around? Look, okay, let me first. I'm, I'm talking from experience, so let me put my hat on for the International Association of Financial Crime Investigators. So, um, in the Western Cape chapter, my members consist of members of the South African Police Services, the Hawks, we've got prosecutors, bank investigators, insurance investigators, forensic auditors from other companies. So polygraph, people kind of polygraph. So, and I also sit on the board in the United States. And, you know, first of all, our, our, our whole initiative in terms of what we're doing, we are a nonprofit organization. So we, for us, networking is important. And for, for us, it's important to do the skills transfer to you know some of the police officials you know conducting their work etc so that is that is the basis of our organization and coming back now to the um to the issue about cybercrime it's a massive problem uh, um you know when the police join our meetings you know we do a roundtable discussion and we ask what is the the, the biggest problem you know the cybercrime you know business email compromise dating scams if i sit in the board and in, United States, and we do a roundtable discussion, 
you know, everybody that speaks there from the FBI, from private investigators, secret service, dating scams, it's unbelievably is a massive problem. And one of our members was actively, obviously cannot mention any names, but he was actively involved in the arrest with the eight foreign nationals, it was the newspapers also, who based themselves here in Cape Town, in Parklands. So, um, and it was a joint operation between the, the, the Hawks and the FBI and the Secret Service. And they actually visited uh, 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 Cape Town and, you know, it was a long, tedious investigation beforehand. And, you know, if, if, if you can just now understand, because these type of crimes have no boundaries, you know, so, and the people found Cape Town a very lucrative pl place to come and base themselves. You've got the mountain, you've got the sea, it's still a very safe environment. And, you know, uh, the police is also in South Africa is inundated with a huge amount of work. If you think about the state capture, if you think about the looting, all the investigations that had to happen there, all the COVID related fraud matters. So it is. And, and that's why we as an organization want to give assistance and, 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 and try to help with these matters. But it is difficult uh, um, because a lot of the crimes uh, was perpetrated with people. For example, if you, if you take this typical dating scam, that uh, a lady, she's retired uh, um, in, in the United States. She has got a couple of million dollars and she's lonely and now she's looking for companionship and now she goes online and she meets this person who purports to be also somebody very genuine. Uh, uh, um, and, you know, so it happens. And the, the people, unfortunately, they fall for this. They fall in love, love for these stuff you know, in these conversations. And then, you know, the person needs money. Money is transferred. And um, so it happens, and they lose millions. And it's the same happened here in South Africa as well. And because, for example, you've got Bitcoin, this is how they launder their money, you know. And they soon now to now to try and, and 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 try and trace and find these funds is very difficult. These criminals are very far ahead of us. Um, I don't know if you've heard about the uh, the group that's called the Black Axe. The they Black Axe. The Black Axe. They are the, the the syndicate that's they have come they based from the US and they they they're based here in South Africa and and and, and various uh, uh, countries in Africa. Um, you can read up on 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 the Black Axe. So, but look, I don't want to say anything further in terms of that. But yes, it is happening. Um, unfortunately, we do not know the extent of it because. And a lot of times people, when they fell for this scam, you know, they feel embarrassed about it and they don't want to, they don't want to talk about it. So, and, you know, it's also difficult now to go and report the matter to the police. Um, I, I, I don't think all the cases are being, being reported. We're still waiting for the, there's a new cyber crime bill that's, that's been, it's, it's, it's there. It's, we just, we just wait for it to be, be signed into, uh, um, you know, into law. So that will also help the police and also help us with investigations. But my take on it is 
to say to people out there, for example, if you're dealing now with a, uh, uh, you're on a dating site and you you found now uh, um, the the prince or the princess, <laughs> yeah, be careful. Take a step oh, yeah. back. Yeah. You know, make sure who you're dealing with. Mm. Um, and also, you know, the business email compromise, I can carry on on that. That's also it's a whole different situation that's been, people has been, it's been costing people dearly. You know, these, the criminals can also sit in Europe, for example. So if oh, we need to do typical uh, investigation for, uh, you know, say it's a, it's a dating scam or business email compromise, you need to find the source where the person is sitting at the laptop or computer and doing his, 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 his fraud schemes from. You get the IP address. Now, that is a whole process. You need to now, to report the matter, the police need to now subpoena the service provider and then... Um, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So, <laughs> you know, and then they could find that the person is sitting overseas or he's operating from an internet cafe. You know, that's also, and that's why it is, it is difficult to uh, um, investigate these matters. And, um, you know, therefore, again, prevention is at the end of the day, um, the, the, the cure for this. I actually, you know, uh, like the fact that you've brought in things like the dating sites, because um, typically when we are talking to cyber cybersecurity experts, they talk about you know the email compromise and you know the social engineering and um, you know things like ransomware. And I guess these dating these dating websites, for example, is probably a form of social engineering, if not the highest level of social engineering, um, you know, at play and um, I think what makes this different from um, the typical way that we talk about it, because typically you you hear that someone stole sensitive information from a company, and then from there they went and they raided, um, you know, people's bank accounts and then things like that. But in this particular case, where you're able to scam some, you can scam people into you yourself sending them money uh and all that um how big is this problem or because uh, if i'm by myself and you know i find the so-called princess and she asks for a thousand rand here you know it doesn't really seem like much right uh but you know from what you've seen how big can a problem like this actually get you know are, are there any crazy numbers that you guys have seen out there Look, unfortunately, I don't have any numbers in terms of that. I, I only speak from experience on, you know, uh, uh, um, my dealings with my counterparts in the United States and, and also here in South Africa. But I'm, it, it runs into, into millions, um, you know, and uh, uh, of dollars. So I cannot really, but it is a, a massive, massive Massive problem. So now the question then becomes: Okay, uh, I've been defrauded in whatever form this fraud is coming in, whether um, it's uh, you know whether it's um, a dating scam like what you were describing, or you know some other vector, right? What what recourse do I have? What are the steps 
right, that I actually then take after that if I do realistically hope to recover something, if at all? Unfortunately, if we're talking about uh, um, cyber crime, so, so if we're talking about the, the, the dating scam situation, unfortunately, it is very difficult because as soon as the, you've transferred the funds, you know, the syndicate has already transferred the funds or they've put it into Bitcoin or they put it into other bank accounts. Um, what they also do is they use legitimate people to go and open up valid bank accounts as well. You know, somebody, they take somebody from the street and say, you know, open up a bank account and then the money is transferred. And so there's so many ways in which they can launder the funds. It is very difficult to, uh, um, I know, for, for, for example, on, on, on this particular matter where these uh, foreign nationals were arrested, the, the, the uh, United States government were successful in recovering some of the funds because they, 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 had a, uh, um, they followed the, the trail of the funds and so they were successful in some of it. But, um, you know, if we talk about business email compromise, so what would happen, for example, is what the syndicates do is they would some if if some way they would download uh, um, spyware in somebody's computer. You, for example, you are dealing doing business with one of your 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 customers, and you accidentally clicked on a link, and spyware is downloaded on your computer. And now what the syndicate do is they get access to your computer. They can see your um, username and your password. And they then also log in and they can see the trail of email and communication be between you and, and your client. And at a point of time, there's a payment needs to happen and then they cut you off and then they communicate with your client. They know how you write. They know there's a... a, a, a um, there's a, a, a payment to be made and typically what they would do is they would then say to you there's a change in banking details and then the client accepts the communication and change of banking details and funds due to you for example when you're paying to a different bank account so obviously you know you need to find the point of compromise who was responsible for downloading the the spyware you know who's going to be responsible for it. Um, you need to phone the bank. Um, is the funds still available? Did the bank follow proper FICA processes when they opened the, the bank account? So there is, but you need to follow all of these and see. Um, but what, what I've seen normally is as soon as the funds is paid into a bank account, they transfer it or they, you know, they, they withdraw the cash. So it's... Um, it is a difficult it's it is difficult to to recover the funds yeah that actually sounds like such a such a dire state of affairs mm -hmm. uh you know for, for for people out there and uh and especially like what you said um especially because i think theft is one thing you know someone goes they raid your account uh, which is something that uh, a lot of people are falling victim to at the moment you click on the link and you see a spoof website for example you know which looks like 
a standard bank and absa or whatever it is and you think it's legitimate and then you know they 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 steal your money from that point of view but where part of the magic is getting you to be the one who sends the money it's such a it's such a such a tough area to be in but what there's one key thing that you can do and it's such a simple thing actually and i've i've said it to so many times to some of our clients or victims, if I can say it that way, that if, for example, there's a request for change of banking details, don't just accept the email. Pick up the phone and phone your customer and say, you know, of your client, and say, you know what, I've received this request for change of banking details. Is it correct that, that is the bank, bank account changed? And, don't just accept the cell phone number that's on it. You know, phone, try and phone your client on his landline. Um, you know, try and make contact with him in, in another way. I've seen people transfer two, three, four million rand at a time into a different bank account. And then, um, you know, it's gone. Um, but I see also, you know, that, that the banks are doing a lot. If, if for example, I'm, I'm at Investnet. And every time that I'm about to to do a transfer or something, there is a page coming. Are you sure you are dealing with the correct person? Click on it. Yes. So, so the banks are trying their best to um, to to curb this as well. And and again, you know, it's, it's difficult for the police to do these investigations because you're doing with you're dealing with somebody that's unknown. You don't know where he is. It's a it's an unknown third party unlike somebody who commits fraud within your business you're one of your employees um and that's also i mean that's a whole discussion that i can have with you around that also but yeah you've got somebody that's working in your business he works in the accounts department he submitted a false invoice uh, uh with these bank details and you can investigate him and you know he's got a uh, a bank accounts that you can follow and trace and hopefully froze the funds but these cyber criminals are in the cloud so and it's as i said to you this a whole process to go and uh um get them arrested but hopefully with this action that is that has been taken um with these latest arrests that that happened here in in cape town send a message and um you know hopefully we can see more of these these type of arrests um perhaps as we what's it called as we are starting to round up uh, the discussion um i want to come back to something that you were talking about earlier on to say that uh, because of uh, because of your role um, you know, outside of Mazars with uh, the International Association of Financial Crime Investigators. And when you guys sit around the table and you've got people from different territories, you had already mentioned the, you know, the dating uh, dating apps aspect. Are there any other common, um, what do you call this, um, any other common themes or threads that you guys are seeing um, around the world? Or uh, would you say that the ways that people are being targeted uh, is sort of uh, region-specific? Look, if I look, maybe what the other thing that I can mention also, if I, if I look at, at the uh, um, 
I'm also a certified fraud, fraud examiner and I'm um, uh, part of the association of, of financial uh, certified fraud examiners and they publish a report um, on a yearly basis. The last report was published in 2020 and what they would do is what the certified association, certified fraud examiners do is they, they take a sample of forensic cases investigated and then of those cases they see what the trends are in terms of uh, um, um, the forensic cases investigated and apart from cybercrime the biggest problem that we found also is asset misappropriation and that is check uh, uh, um, um, fraud and theft example makes up most of the, the cases with an average loss in the region of 120 5,000 US dollars, but then uh, financial statement fraud, which makes about 10% of that is the large matters with big, big losses uh, with an average of uh, uh, um, 1.5 million and then, uh, uh, dollars in, in, in that region. So, um, <clears throat> yes, apart from the cybercrime, obviously, Fraud and theft is still right, and obviously corruption. So, um, corruption is also one of the biggest prob problems. Um, I'm just talking to you now. I, you know, I, I just hope we can. You know, we've we've had this excellent um, session with the Zondo Commission. There's so many evidence that's been been uh, uh, um, given at the Zondo Commission. Damning evidence. I hope to see that we're going to get these people that was mentioned and what was implicated arrested <laughs> very soon. That will also obviously be a great help. So I'm now from cybercrime to corruption. One of our members is also um, in, uh, um, he gave evidence at the Zona Commission and you know, we, we mentioned also said it's, it's tough because you, you you give evidence and then you, you submit your your affidavit and the affidavit goes to the implicating party and then for a week or two you worry you look around your shoulder you're worried that now this person know uh, knows that you've given evidence against him so you worry about your safety a bit so not only the arrest we need to see the prosecutions we need to see the people actually go to jail and that 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 is that is the message that we want to see um and I think that's what the message what, what, what South Africa want to see is we want to see the people prosecuted and we they must feel it in terms of their financial pockets as well. So, you know, we've got the, the uh, asset forfeiture unit. So uh, I know they're doing also a great job in, in securing the, the assets, but the people must be prosecuted at the end of the day. And perhaps that's a good place for us uh, to actually end off to say, you know, what do you think it will actually take um, to see some of those prosecutions actually going up? One of the things that you mentioned at the beginning of this discussion was the fact that um, a lot of these criminals, a lot of these fraudsters are, you know, miles ahead, you know, um, of us right now. So I guess the question is about, you know, how do you close the gap between their capabilities versus what law enforcement is able to do? Look, I want to see, for me, what I think what will work good. And this this worked. I don't know if you recall the days that we had the Scorpions, for example, where you had 
accountant, you had a police official, you had a prosecutor, and you have a, you had a cyber expert working together. If we can get that, that workings again, where, where people are not separated, you've got a unit where you've got all those specialists in one. So if we deal with this one specific case, we sit in the same office, we've got the, the accountant, people, the person who can do a proper reconciliation, accounting, everything, put all the, make sure we can do quantification, bank statements, invoices, make um, the police official who can do the subpoenas quickly, you know, get the bank statements, he can do the arrest, he can take the affidavits, you get the prosecutor that's working with the guys who can immediately give guidance to everybody and say, you know what, these are the matters that I need to prove in court, these are my elements, let's focus on that. You've got the cyber expert that can immediately also do the uh, uh, um, do, do the subpoenas, get all the, the email records, you know, go to court. So my view is that, that that is for me really the way that we can get things better prosecuted. So uh, uh, it just takes a couple of people to have courage, courage and do it. All right. So that was us. We were talking uh, to Crystal Sneeman, uh, who is the National Director of uh, Mazar's Forensic Services, as well as being the Vice President for the International Association of uh, uh, Financial Crime Investigators, Western Cape Chapter, giving us some insight into what's going on um, in the world of fraud uh, that begins through, you know, online channels, talking about the fact that um, because of his experience um, with the international organization they tend to see uh, some uh, common themes uh, coming out in different parts of the world and one of the ones that he highlighted was uh, dating scams you know where people um, you know purport uh, to be the love of your life and then uh, along the way uh, they're able to get you to send them you know some amount of money and uh, that is an issue that is running into uh, the millions um, you know around the world and he was saying that um, you know part of the difficulty is the fact that you know once a person has you know of their own volition sent over money it's a bit hard sometimes to then uh, try to recover that and especially when one thinks about how quickly uh, the criminals actually then exchange um, you know some of those ill-gotten gains into other things such as your crypto your cryptocurrency assets or move money um, you know around the world into different bank accounts you know talking about uh, uh, a recent uh, a recent arrest and he hopes to see more and more of that but he says uh, ultimately because of the gap uh, or the lead that some of these criminal actors have uh, you really do need to have a concerted effort uh, where you see law enforcement together um, with uh, you know fraud specialists together with cyber uh, specialists and also uh, the prosecutors all working together uh, to try and attack the problem would be a way uh, to try and, you know, close the gap um, that, uh, you know, that some of the criminals already have um, on us. And then, you know, at the same time, just talking about the fact that, uh, you know, from a tips point of view, if you do find yourself, you know, getting, you know, interesting requests, especially from some of your business partners, just pick up the phone and uh, just check with them. Did you actually ask me, uh, you know, to send money to an alternative account? So that's been it. Crystal, thank Thank you so much for being with us today. It's a pleasure and thank you for having me um, with you. Uh, I hope 
I can send a message to a couple of people out there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> This is Mudiwa's take. A very fascinating discussion about what's going on in the world of online fraud. And uh, what I appreciated about this is that it takes us um, away from the usual um, conversations, discussions, and rhetoric uh, that that we tend to have around uh, issues of cybersecurity, specifically, um, you know, your email compromise and your ransomware, etc. Because those are the some of the big ways uh, that people are, you know. Are, are actually losing out, um, you know, when it comes to cybercrime. But on the other side of that, you do hear that consumer piece as well to say that there are other ways uh, that uh, criminal actors are finding uh, their ways into consumer pockets, such as the dating scams. And those ones, it becomes so difficult, especially if you've, you know, you think that you've fallen in love with this person and, you know, all of that stuff and you end up sending them money or whether you there's a, a cause, a charity or a person that you think needs money where in fact um, they don't. And it's actually um, what you call this. It's actually a, 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 a criminal actor of some sort. So from that point of view, you know, it does point to, you know, the need for greater education. Um, and I really like um, what he was saying about just the simple act of going to clarify certain things. Uh, one does understand uh, that... Um, one does understand that we exist in a world um we exist in a world where we have so much going on and that's part of the whole issue of of uh, social engineering you know you make something look like uh, something else i remember recently um um there was uh, a couple of people that i knew uh, that were actually receiving sms's that looked like they were coming from standard bank but if you read closely it said .co uh, at the end as opposed to saying .co.za and at the same time it says standard blank as opposed to standard bank and it's little things like that when you're busy you're rushing you just look at an in in a text like that that comes in you're clicking on links you are giving your details so all of this stuff is just taking advantage of human nature you can tell that there's people that have gone out of their way to study how people act and work and they're trying to take advantage of all of these little gaps um, that we have so people be aware you know sometimes just take a moment step back look at something critically and uh, just assess it for yourself before uh, you know moving forward on sending money to someone who says they quote-unquote need it or you know clicking on that suspicious looking link And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter with hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.